You're listening to The Diarist, a Red Couch Black Dog production. Episode 12, Anything for Richard. Good afternoon, ladies. Have you seen the specials of the day? We have a veal that... Just a double scotch on the rocks. Two pink squirrels. A Manhattan. A double scotch on the rocks, two pink squirrels, and a Manhattan. Is it true? Is it true? Mr. Hayes' death. You're going to leave. Hello. You're going to leave. You're going to leave. You'll leave. His lines. His lines. It doesn't run deep. It doesn't run deep at all. You are ahead of your time. This You should have been born. You should have been born. You should have been born. I know who you are, Miss Davies. Let me see if he's available. You're ambitious. You're ambitious. You're ambitious. You're ambitious. Is it true? Is it true? Hayes residence. Hello, Elizabeth. It's Andrea. I'm sorry. I know it's late. It's all right, dear. It's not that late. Oh, I must have fallen asleep. Yes, it's only seven. I, I must have... How are you, dear? Are you all right? I heard things fell apart on Monday when I went out on errands. Yes, I'm afraid so. I suppose I overstepped my bounds again. You were trying to be kind. I think it's very nice of you. Despite the wrath of Mr. Hayes. Please don't repeat I said that. I'll lose my job. Of course not. Is Mr. Hayes there? Well, he... Um, he asked not to take your calls. His secretary, Velvet, called Tuesday morning and told me not to pick up Margot the rest of the week. 
Yes, Velvet. Well, Ellen has been coming by around three. Ellen? It seems she always fills in when Mr. Hayes is in a bind. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. Do you want me to see if he'll speak to you now? He's home. The light's on in his study. Would you? Would you tell him it's urgent? Please, tell him it's urgent, Elizabeth. Just a minute. Thank you. He doesn't want to speak with you. I'm sorry. He asked me. Andrea, he told me to instruct you to stop calling. He did? But why, Elizabeth? Does he hate me? I love you, Daddy. What have I done? Elizabeth, I you. would you ask him? I love you. Elizabeth, would you, would you ask him I if it would be all right if I brought a little something for Margot? I miss her so much, too. It isn't fair. Would you please just... Andrea, he'll get upset with me. Please ask him. I'm sorry. Just a minute. (laughs) He instructed me to hang up the phone, Andrea. On me? Hang up on me? I'm sorry, dear. I can't afford to lose my job. I couldn't sleep for three nights. I found I could hardly eat a thing. I was heartbroken and so lost. It was as if I'd lost my will to live. I hadn't realized how much of myself was tied up in him. I was in love with him. I had been stupid. I berated myself over and over. By the fourth day, I came to see how out of line I was how much I'd intruded. What did I know of Margaret? I didn't know anything. Was I going to challenge this man who had stood by her side and tried to get her help? Here I was, making her up like Eliza Doolittle. That itself was selfish. I had been so lonely, hungry for someone else to talk with, to go to the Lotus Room with. And then the shame descended. What must Lucy, Ellen, and Velvet had thought of me? I felt less than them. All of this confidence was completely drained from me. And worse, I wanted Richard. I wanted to talk with him. I'd somehow stumbled again into his disapproval. I tried again and again to reach him. I had no choice but to go to the office, to see for myself. Roth, Hayes, and Johnson, Madison Avenue? Yes, ma'am. Is it all right to take Central Park? The traffic on... Yes, whatever's fastest. I dressed up and waited outside of the office building for a moment. A scarf around my neck covering part of my face. It was a warm and windy day. When I got the courage, I entered the building, but as soon as I did, the elevator doors opened. I heard their voices first, and then I saw them, but they didn't see me. I rushed into a phone booth and picked up the phone. 
I watched and cracked the door a little so I could hear them. My heart sank and ached with the most excruciating pain. Velvet, Lucy, Richard, and Stephen. Don't you look lovely today, Velvet? Oh, thank you, Lucy. Mother bought me this dress. She says I need to always dress professionally. She's a secretary, you know. You don't say. No, I didn't. Isn't that modern? I wish my mother weren't such a lady of leisure sometimes. All right, Velvet. Shall we get some lunch? Oh, I was going to ask her to join us. Ellen will be meeting us at the Lotus Room. After she sees to Mrs. Hayes, of course. Sorry, but I need Velvet today. It's a big day. Oh, fooey, Mr. Hayes. You know this is my only day with the girls. Now, how would I know that, Lucy? <sighs> All right. Well, Velvet, you'll be at my shower, won't you? Of course, dear. I spoke with your mother, and I'm going to get there early to help get things ready. Oh, where would I be without you girls? You're my closest and dearest friends. <laughs> All right. I love the chit-chat, but we've got a lot to do for the Milltown meeting. I brought my sketch pad in the portfolio, Richard. Good girl. Stephen, are you going to be our honorary velvet today? Oh, that sure sounds nice, Lucy. Nothing I'd rather do, but uh, I got work to do. Oh, fooey, Stephen. You executives are all alike. No, we're not. Honestly. All right. Well, you take care. Oh, God, please. Oh, God, please, no. Oh, yes, dear. I certainly am. What's that, dear? Of course, I'll be there present. I beg your pardon, sir. How dare you? Oh, cut the act, Andrea. I know it's you. I know you aren't talking to anyone on the phone. A little trouble in paradise. Looks like it. Is it worth it? I don't know what you mean. How dare you take the phone out of my hand like that? What are you doing here like an undercover agent? Watching too much dragnet? Very funny. What do you want? Just go away. You have no right to speak to me that way. All right. I'll leave you alone. I just had to see for myself... But it was really you. Yeah, how low you... Stephen, wait. Yeah? Please don't say anything. Not to the girls or Richard, I mean. I... Won't you have some pity on me? <laughs> oh, your secret's safe with me, doll. Don't worry. Seeing you so desperate and miserable is pleasure enough. You've made my day, sweetheart. Honestly, I didn't care if Stephen told Richard. Maybe he would see how much he was hurting me by shutting me out, by rejecting me. But the scene wouldn't leave me. His hand on Velvet's waist. Would she be working with him? More than just a secretary? I cried, and I tried to busy myself. I'd taken to broth and a couple of saltine crackers for my meals. Then, on the next evening... The telephone rang. Hello? What are you doing? Oh, Richard! Thank God it's you! What are you doing? 
I'm not doing anything. Nothing at all. Are you still angry with me? No, I was never angry. I could never be angry with you. Please forgive me. Meet me at the Grand Hotel. Now? But can't we... Will you tell me you still love me? That you aren't angry anymore? Now. Yes, of course. But why? It's a little game. A game? Yes. You'll see me in the lobby. Can we have a drink? Talk about what happened between us. No, not tonight. Tonight, we are strangers. We'll talk tomorrow. Strangers? Yes, it's a game. You'll see me in the lobby. I'll be drinking a scotch. Tell the concierge you are Mrs. Hayes and your husband is meeting you. He's arranged for a room. I want you to wear something I like. Richard, you're not... No more questions. Please. What is it? You're not in love with Velvet, are you? No. I'm in love with you. Andrea? Yes? When you go to the concierge desk, tell them you are Mrs. Hayes. Yes, I will. You've already told me that. I'm Mrs. Hayes. I believe my husband has checked us in. Yes, yes, Mrs. Hayes. Uh, He called just a moment ago and said there was an urgent matter. He won't make it to New York tonight. He said you wouldn't be arriving either. He canceled the room. Oh, I just spoke with him. I thought he... We are very busy with the holidays, but I'm sure we can find you an accommodation. Thank you. Would you like to phone your husband? No, I'll just wait while you see if there's a room available. Would you like a cocktail while you're waiting? I can send the waiter over. Yes, I'll have a martini. Very well, we'll get this matter settled immediately. Looks like you're in a terrible situation, miss. Oh, yes. My husband was supposed to reserve a room for us. Oh, why don't you tell the concierge you'll stay in my room tonight? Oh, that would seem... I would be very embarrassed for him to think I would just go upstairs with a stranger. Oh, it wouldn't be that embarrassing, would it? I mean, for a girl like you. Yes, it would. Well, maybe if you finish your martini, you'll find the courage. Can't we just meet up there? You tell me the room number? No. I do want to be with you, but I don't think I can. Drink your martini. Do you love me, Richard? I don't know you. You're just a lonely housewife whose husband has left her in a bad situation. Is this the game? Here, miss. I'll walk with you to the concierge, and I'll tell him that you'll be staying in my room. Leave your drink. Here, take my hand. Are you pretending I'm your mistress? That wouldn't be pretending, would it, darling? Excuse me, sir. Yes, sir. Mrs. Hayes has decided to stay in my room with me. Keep me company. Uh, sir, I, I'm sorry. That that wouldn't be... She insists. Miss, do you? Yes, I've taken quite a liking to this gentleman. What's your name, sir? Mitch Raymond. Yes, I find I like Mr. Raymond very much. 
and I'd like to spend the night with him in his room, since my husband is unavailable. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you to leave this establishment. No one will be the wiser. Take this little offering, and I'll take Mrs. Hayes up to my room. We'll use discretion. Yes, sir. Are you terribly embarrassed? No, Mr. Raymond. I'm quite used to this. You are, are you? Yes. I quite like to meet men in hotels and spend the night with them. It's thrilling. I could tell that about you. Come this way. It's rare to meet a beautiful girl like you with so few scruples. Is that what you wanted? Stop challenging my decisions. Is that what you wanted? For me to take you like this? Yes. Am I hurting you? Yes. From now on you'll do as I ask? I can't stand it when you're upset with me. You ignored me for five days. I love you. I missed you. Come here. Come here. Let me see what you have on. Do you like it? The dress? Show me the rest. And this? Do you like how I look? Yes, Mrs. Hayes. Very much. After we made love, we lay together, and I noticed for the first time the opulent hotel room. He didn't need to get such an extravagant suite, and I saw that in the little sitting area, on the table in front of the settee, a bottle of champagne was chilling. Richard wrapped one of the blankets around him and walked over to the sitting area. He grabbed the champagne bottle and two glasses. I sat up against the headboard. Are we celebrating? What do you think? What are we celebrating? I want to marry you. But you can't. I want to. I get what I want. I always do. How can you? You know as well as I do that Margaret's not well. I've considered divorcing her and continued to see that she's cared for. I asked myself, do I stop here and tell the truth? That Margaret isn't quite as crazy as she seems. Do I tell him that Margaret despises him? I'm sure he knew that already. Do I ask him why she isn't allowed to have money or her own clothes? Or for that matter, why she's drugged day and night? Do I admit I suspect that there's something sinister just below the surface of their marriage? Do I? I decided. Consciously decided to squelch the urge for truth. Deep down, I felt he deserved me. I would be a good wife. I suppose I knew Richard was talking about having her committed to an asylum. Maybe I even knew he would see that she underwent a lobotomy or some other treatment before he divorced her. She'd likely spend her life there. But dear reader,
Can you believe I felt there was nothing I could do? I couldn't live without him. The five days he ignored me was unbearable. I had nothing but him, and Margaret didn't want him. It was her life to navigate, and it wasn't my fault. Darling, I've made up my mind. You have? You've made up your mind to divorce Margaret. Would you put her away in an asylum, or... Andrea, listen to me once and for all. Yes? Stop challenging my decisions. Yes. I think it's a good idea. I've wanted you for so long. I don't think I'll ever stop wanting you. I think you should see she's cared for. You should divorce her. I'll marry you. What are you doing? I have this for you. What is it? Will you marry me? Oh, Richard, it's... Honestly? You you honestly want to marry me? Give me your hand, silly girl. I love it. I love it. You are my wife. As far as I'm concerned, you are my wife, Andrea. What are you doing? I'm going to make love to you. But it's not rough at all. Look at the marks on you. Look at your wrists, darling. I don't want to hurt you this time. Why not? Because I want you to believe me when I tell you that I love you. It's not all a game. Richard? What is it, darling? Let me make love to you. You aren't in love with Velvet, are you? <laughs> You're a jealous girl. Do you find her pretty? Shh. She is, isn't she? You're pretty. I love you. I wish you'd fire her. <laughs> you do, do you? This is what you want to talk about the moment after it asks you to marry me? Yes. Otherwise, I'll be too jealous. Maybe it's good for you. Don't tease me. I don't know why, but having her there makes me feel terrible. You'll have to trust me. Kiss me, darling. I want you to hurt me. I like our games. You do? Yes. Hello? Have you forgotten me, Andrea? Bring the money. Please. Bring the money. You told me you would, and now things are worse than ever. You've... I'm sorry, dear. I can't help you. You mustn't call me anymore. I can't help you. Please. Just bring the money. I'll leave. I'll let you have him. Darling, don't call anymore. But you promised... I'll call you... If you call again, I'll tell Richard... The first few post-operative days are marked by a phenomena that are quite peculiar to prefrontal lobotomy and are far different from the usual occurrences observed following most intracranial operations. There is no discomfort beyond slight headache. Fever may reach 102 for a day or two. The pulse and blood pressure are usually undisturbed, and aside from vomiting and urinary incontinence, there is little of note on the clinical chart. Patients are often reading, or rather scanning, newspapers or magazines on the second day, and they play with objects, such as a bed light or bell cord. 
We have found that a rubber doll will absorb a lot of attention. The appetite returns by the third day. By the end of the week, orientation returns, and the patient spends a good deal of time in relaxed idleness and responds quite pleasantly when aroused. So you see, dear reader, after our little fight we grew closer. In fact, things couldn't have been better with Richard. I was back to spending hours at Neiman Marcus, finding outfits that would please him. Instead of guessing and waiting for a glance, I'd ask him directly. What should I wear, Richard? Since you want to know, I'll tell you what I'd like you to wear. It must have been the newlywed feelings, because I would spend quite a long time preparing for his arrival home from work. Once or twice a week, I'd have a babysitter take Margot overnight and surprise him. I had such a hunger for him, for his hands on me. On those nights alone, sometimes he would take me like he often did. An abrupt and unexpected game of aggression. Other times he'd sit at the dinner table, knowing I wanted him. I would be unable to eat on those nights and he'd notice, but not comment. Instead, he'd make me recite the mundane activities of the day until I couldn't help it. I'd finally plead. Won't you make love to me? Won't you? He would let out a breath and smile, walk over to me. Often he would lift me to standing and slowly unbutton my shirt. One he'd picked out. A short-sleeved floral with a collar. Pearls. He'd open the fabric slowly once unbuttoned and run his hand over my silk camisole. Once or twice he refused me and said he had to return to work or leave for one reason or another. He touched my cheek, looked into my eyes, but when I leaned in to kiss him, he'd pull away. My sweet, darling girl. I didn't understand, but I knew it was a game, and I accepted it. I prayed he wasn't with someone else. I knew he wasn't. I knew it was a game, and he likely went around the corner and had a drink. I was certain that was what it was, because he would return home late, maybe midnight. I would have drifted off and opened my eyes to him there on top of me, the pressure of his grip on my wrists. I could smell the gin, martinis, I was sure. I knew from the sweet smell of the alcohol and from his desire for me that he hadn't been with anyone else. It was a game, and always in the end, he wanted me. Most of my anxiety had gone, and I could see that I'd just been traumatized by the event. Of course I was, anyone would be. I could see I was back to my old self, and I was very happy to have left the firm. Truth was, something I'd always suspected, I loved being his wife and the mother of his child.
Hey everybody, it's Donna here, creator of The Diarist, and thank you so much for listening. We are already on episode 12, which is unbelievable, Um, and we are getting excited for a couple of live shows here in Portland, Oregon, radio play style shows, so I'll have more information on that soon, Um, and we're also looking ahead to season two for um, another story that we will be dramatizing. Um, If you like our show, please, please, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Um, And if you can, visit our Patreon page and um, help support our work. Um, However much you can donate would help out enormously um, offset our costs. And I want to end this episode with a couple trailers for podcasts that I really, really like. And um, both of these podcasts, I've gotten to know the creators very well, and um, I really like their shows. So enjoy. Thank you. Hey, podcast listeners. Are you looking for something a little bit different? Then tune in to my podcast, We're All Mad Here. Join me, Rachel, as we talk about creepy facilities, some pretty questionable cures, as well as checking up on some famous and not-so-famous people who have dealt with mental illness in their life. Informative, scary, and with a little bit of sarcasm, if you enjoy learning about the truly crazy parts of history, you're going to love We're All Mad Here. Episodes come out weekly, and I hope you'll join us. My name is Eric Hunley. Unstructured. On Unstructured, I have intimate conversation with a diverse range of people. I've interviewed a presidential candidate and a felon. Not the same person. I've even chatted with a musher. Yep, a sledder behind a pack of dogs. And in these conversations, we learn what drives these folks. Please, come check out Unstructured. You can find Unstructured wherever you listen to podcasts.